Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. We have some bowl games in the books. Uh, there's a snuff film going on in Miami Gardens, Florida right now. We just decided to get going. I, I don't know that any of you want to watch the, the rest of this. Uh, Jesse Simonton joins me. And uh, Jesse, that that was sort of what we expected in the Orange Bowl, but worse. Yeah, I mean, I expected a splattering, but uh, the fact that, you know, Georgia's third stringers are putting it on Florida State's quote unquote first stringers, which are really their second and third stringers as well. Um, there's going to be a ton of takeaways and I think a ton of hot takes and a ton of honestly, Andy, terrible takes coming out of this game. But I think my biggest takeaway is having nothing to do with Florida State and their opt-outs and all that. It's that, you know, the playoff, uh, the four teams in the playoff are probably pretty fortunate that Georgia's not in it because I think it's clear that they probably are one of the best four teams. They did not win the game that they needed to, which was in Atlanta. Um, But it speaks volumes of what Kirby Smart has gotten these guys to buy in for that not only the backups, I mean, Gunnar Stockton and these third stringers, the five-star freshmen, it's not a surprise that they want to, you know, get their shine and, and make plays here in the second half. But it's that Cedric Van Pran played in this game. You know, Lad yeah. McConkey, uh, Kamar Lasseter, Javon Bullard, these guys that are going to go pro. And they only had to play a half because Georgia was beating the hell out of them so badly. But they clearly did want to buy in and send a message today that said, hey, doesn't matter who's on the other side or who isn't on the other side. We still think we're one of the best four teams, and I think that's probably the statement coming out of this, that in a 12-team field, a team like Georgia's, you just don't – it's just going to be really hard to beat them, you know, in, in, a, in an extended playoff. So here's the thing. It, a lot of people were watching, especially in the first half. I think a lot of people turned it off by the second half. But we're saying, oh, this is proof the committee got it right. Was it? I mean, should Georgia have been in there? Right. I, I agree. I mean, again, I think I think there's going to be a ton of awful takes out of this game from the Florida State vantage point. Um, you know, and I joked in a column earlier this week that I said, you know, I think Mike Norvell will be completely justified if if, if it's an if in his postgame press conference, he kind of pulled a Dan Mullen and Mullen got lampooned for it three years ago. But I think in this case, it, it's completely uh, correct that the Florida State team that we knew, the 2023 Florida State team that we knew, played its last game three weeks ago the, against Louisville. The, the, yeah, and the difference in those two situations is Florida lost the SEC championship game in 2020, and then people made decisions to opt out. Florida State had something happen to them that was completely out of their control. They won the game, then they didn't get in the playoff, and I don't blame any of those people for opting out. I, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to be a part of this game. Uh, I mean, if I'm Florida State, I'm just saying this whole thing was a farce and doesn't matter. And you can say that's an excuse. It absolutely is. But in this case, it feels like a justified one. But the, the scary part with Georgia, Jesse, is especially with their backups. And this is this is the part I was worried about. Like when we we're talking about the line being 19 and a half, and I was like, that's so many points. But I, I still am going to take the 
Georgia to cover here. Georgia's backups are fighting for starting jobs next year, especially along the offensive line. Like they, they have a bunch of job openings next year. Like they weren't going to come out and half ass it in this game. That was the problem is even, even when those starters sat down, those backups want to prove a point. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, you, you mentioned the offensive line and, and that's, that's certainly a good starting point running back. They got several freshmen running back. who are going to be pushed by Trevor Etienne and some of the other guys they're bringing in next season. You have all these outside linebackers, these five stars uh, that, you know, have been backing up the likes of Michael Williams um, and some other guys. They get to play a ton today. Cornerback Harris is one of the guys that allegedly was going to be in the portal. And I think he probably got to play 60 snaps. Um, so it's just kind of kind of crazy. I think the only person that didn't get in the game today for Georgia, Andy, which, again, I, it was one of the statements that they wanted to make was their punter who's been jokingly <laughs> yeah. tweeting about transferring all off season because they keep landing studs out of the transfer portal. I think Thor, I think Brendan Thorson was the only guy that didn't get to play today because they emptied out the bench early and often. Um, and again, no matter what the takeaway is from the Florida state vantage point, the fact that Georgia did come into this game and said, Hey, we want to make a statement. We're hungry. They certainly did that by hanging you know, a 60 plus burger, uh, again, uh, in, in, a in a big game, what the game was an exhibition last year's national yep. championship against TCU. When you and I were together, uh, at the coaches convention, watching it splattering, that was not an exhibition, but a similar beatdown. This one doesn't mean quite as much, but you know, I think it, it, it is, we did at least get a tease of, of, of maybe the future of Georgia's offense in Lawson Lucky. Delp getting an expanded role. I, I love Delp trying to hit the hurdle on the first catch oh, and then yeah. thinking about it real hard on his second one too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Th there's a lot of talent there. And I do think going back to your earlier point, we're going to have to look at this differently going into next season because the dynamics are going to change like a team like Georgia, which would not be in line to, to get a buy because they were not a conference champion like Georgia Okay, here's my question. We talked about the, the CFP, and we've got the graphic up about how it worked out. Georgia was the sixth seed, would have had to play Ole Miss in Athens, which they, they actually beat Ole Miss in Athens earlier in the season. I think Georgia would have been the five seed in a 12-team playoff. I think Georgia would have been ranked ahead of FSU in a five team, in a 12-team playoff. I don't disagree with that at all. And, and again, you know, the, the, the joking thing of did the committee get it right? You and I literally made that very point after the, the quote-unquote shocking news with Florida State right. getting left out when we did the instant reaction show, which is it seems odd to justify in your logic that Florida State was the fifth seed and that Georgia was somehow the sixth seed when almost everyone would say, no, like, okay, I get it, the, game, like the games matter, yada, 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 yes, but there's no way that Georgia's not one of these best four teams. Uh, and, and I think that's played out today. In a 12-team field, they would be super scary. I, I believe you're wholeheartedly correct. They would be the fifth seed. Uh, yeah. We would not get a rematch of the Ole Miss game, and they would, you know, you'd probably face so, the yeah, worst they, group they, five yeah, they get essentially it's not a buy, but they get the easiest game because they get the the highest ranked group of five champ this year. It's Liberty. We don't know who it's going to be next year, but that's who they get. And then they'd roll into a, a four or five matchup in a quarterfinal that they'd probably be heavily favored in. Yeah, I, I, I the the idea the 
and you know what? They they would probably be heavily favored, Andy, if they if next season because obviously their schedule. If it was Alabama again, yeah. right? But 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 hypothetically, they they're going to have a tougher schedule next year. They got at Ole Miss. You play at Alabama, uh, at Texas. You know that's you play Clemson to open the season. What if Georgia's ten and two? Well, they'll still mm-hmm. probably get in at ten and two, and they're still probably going to be one of the scariest, if not the scariest, teams just because of their depth potential and upside. Yeah, I think you look at that SEC schedule for next year. I, I don't know that anybody's coming out of there undefeated. I'm not sure anybody's coming out of there 11 and one. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Now the SEC champs going to get a buy, even if it's a two loss SEC champ, they'll get a buy because you're not probably not going to put some other conference champ, you know, or four other conference champs above them. I think I think people are just going to they will adjust their expectations. Because what you, no go ahead because I think I I I think you're I think that's you're leading us right down the perfect road which is everybody the media but especially fans are going to have to adjust the expectations I don't think we're going to see an undefeated team quite often moving forward no Th- this in, is in going to become either. more of it yeah the, in the Big Ten either this is going to become whether we like it or not this is going to become more like the NFL where there's quote unquote more parity now it's not going to be a six loss whatever team winning that winning the no Super Bowl, you're not like going to have the giants. giants from that one year yeah, right but. exactly but you're going to have a lot of 11 and 1 and 10 and 2 teams that get into the college football playoff and then go on a run from there which is fine because there's a lot of randomness during a season and especially because of the way the conferences are designed the schedules aren't apples to apples so that's fine with me let's let's talk about some of these other New Year's six games, because I think there's two teams in there that would have made the college football playoff. All of these teams would have made a 12 team playoff, but how excited would you be to see Missouri and Ole Miss moving forward out of the first round? Because I think those two would scare some people. They would, you know, and, and Missouri's going to have to reload coming out of, out of this game, but this season, obviously with Cody Schrader, uh, you know, I mean, he, he kind of helped propel them to be, that was an ugly, ugly game against Ohio state, uh, for much of the game last night, you know, I think, what was it? Eight punts or nine punts to yeah. start the game. And, and but Missouri, Missouri's defense was great and oh, yeah. they were playing without Tyron Hopper and, and without Ennis Rakestraw. So I, I was very impressed with the way Missouri just held on until, they could keep pounding and wear down Ohio State's defense. And, you know, the Ohio State played without Eichenberg, but they were not defensively. They were mostly full strength. I would say both of them were missing a couple of key pieces, but had most of what they needed. And Devin Brown going down early certainly was a, a problem for Ohio State. But, yeah, I, I would be very excited about Missouri going forward. You know, they got Williams Nawari, the number one defensive tackle recruit in the country and or defensive line recruit in the country. And. I think this is going to be a very good program going forward. I think Eli Drinkwitz has got some things figured out the way the state NIL laws work, like make it possible for them to keep some of their best players in state. So I was very impressed with Missouri. I Ohio state. I am, I am way more worried about Ohio state now than I was coming out of the Michigan game. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess first, first point on Missouri. I mean, I, you know, I think Eli's done a nice job, not only using his state uh, NIL, but, with the state laws for the NIL, but he's, he's brought in some guys from the portal that I think are going to be plug and play dudes. I mean, getting 
you know, Oklahoma, arguably Oklahoma's best offensive lineman or most mm-hmm. highest upside returning offensive lineman. They're going to have two guys that go pro that are right. going to be top 50 picks this next year. But, you know, to get green out of the portal is huge. They get a potential uh, starter, I, I believe, in Georgia State. Uh, they're, they're running back who had over a thousand yards that, that he's going to be kind of the guy to replace Schrader. And then, you know, you're bringing back, you know, your quarterback and, and cook and, and having a guy like Luther burden, they're going to be quite interesting. The other side, I, I, I mean, Ohio state's got, it's going to entering this off season with just a whirlwind of questions because JTT and Sawyer were awesome in that game. So you're going to lose both your edge guys. You're going to lose some key guys in the secondary, and suddenly it's it's it seems appropriate that they have been so aggressive in the transfer portal, recruiting uh, and courting Will Howard because yep. that that I it, Devin Brown I don't we don't know if he ain't it, but we know he hasn't stayed healthy. And yeah, that, that and remains- I would have loved to see a full game from him. Like I was hoping he'd have that Miller Moss moment. Like we saw Miller Moss. We, we, we can talk about some of the other bowl games later, but. We saw Miller Moss in the Holiday Bowl for USC, and you're watching him and going, "Are are you sure you need to get a get a starter out of the portal? Because you think you may Mode have your much. guy." Yeah, yeah, and I was I hoping that. Devin Brown would would have that game, uh, but he he never got a chance to. And honestly, the way Missouri's defense is playing, I don't know if he would have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think it's important to remind uh, everyone, uh, Andy, that these bowl games are largely meaningless, uh, except if you want to decide they're not and, and you want to <laughs> yeah, have exactly. and, and you want to have a take for your own personal agenda. Uh, so I, I was impressed. I was impressed with Missouri's defense. Um, you know, they're going to have to replace Hopper, though, and they're going to have to replace yep. some of those defensive linemen. So can they sustain i think that's one of the biggest things for both them and ole miss you know can can you sustain now, ole miss is bringing back even more obviously what they've done in the portal is even uh more impressive uh you know they're, they're, they're lanes effectively recruited an entire you know, new starting 11 on defense yeah. and then bringing in juice wells to play wide receiver <laughs> opposite of trey harris and, and jordan watkins so Ole Miss is going to be the buzziest team of the offseason. Right. But I think Missouri is going to have some buzz too. And look, the SEC is going to get three or four teams in to the playoff. And and we just don't know who they're going to be. And Wouldn't you put that over under at four? I would put it at four. I think I, I think four is a good number for and I think four is probably a good number for the Big Ten as well. I mean, yeah, in with, Ohio with Notre State, Dame maybe maybe being a wild card. Yes, but Ohio State, like the way they played. The last two games, especially this this past game, and I look. I know they were shorthanded. I know you can question motivation after everything that happened. Uh, obviously, Missouri is more excited about being in a Cotton Bowl than Ohio State would be. I don't care. Like the the problems Ohio State has had are stuff that that moves beyond motivation for a bowl game. Like it feels systemic. They are not what they were under Urban Meyer. They're that. 
they're a different team. They're not scaring people in the Big Ten the way they used to. They're certainly not scaring Michigan at all anymore. And I, I've been around Michigan the past few days. Uh, I don't. Ohio State, I, they don't even. It's so crazy because Ohio State was this this specter that hung over them all year, every year, and they don't even think about them anymore. And Ohio State's got to got to get this figured out. Yeah, you, you know, you know, I know they were without Marvin Harrison, and you know they were without Fleming too. But but it used you to know, be Travion like, okay. Henderson three years ago looked like he was going to be an All American and like a mm-hmm. you know a a, a Bijan Robinson first round pick, and he just hasn't been. There. I know he's battled a slew of injuries, but when he's played, he's just kind of lacked some juice. That's just been. It's like it's something's missing, and there mm-hmm. just seems. To, I think you're right. I don't. I don't think we. I haven't. Maybe it's something you we can explore this off season. But something is missing from that team, yeah. and that's that's a concern. I, I, I thought the offensive line didn't look good most of the and season. That's a, that's a concern when the Big Ten's about to get even more competitive, and you're bringing in a team like Oregon that's recruiting as well or better than you. Washington, and, Kalen DeBoer right. just wins everywhere. And Washington always has dudes on the D line. They've always got some you know, freakish, like Danny Shelton or Vita Vea in the middle, Greg Gaines, and then like ZTF and Braylon Trice on this team on the edge. Like they always have guys. USC is going to have good athletes. UCLA is going to have good. Look, UCLA always has had good edge rushers for the last seemingly six years. So this is the part that Ohio State has got to get fixed and fix it now. Otherwise, they could fall behind. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, th- this has not been, uh, it's not been a bannered, bannered uh, last 24 hours for the Big Ten uh, with Ohio State's performance and then Penn State obviously getting yeah. getting, getting waxed pretty good by, by well, Kiffin and Dart there. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Ole Miss and Penn State, Lane Kiffin retweeting uh, fake Penn State fan accounts that were actually members of the Ole Miss staff. Uh, Google that if you if you haven't heard about it. But one one of the offensive staffers at Ole Miss uh, changed his Twitter handle to make it look like he was a Penn State fan, and then said, "Hey, they're going to go at." I forget they're which. Smack, old, yeah, they're talking old, smack about their offensive linemen at the. Yeah, there were a couple the, of, of particular Ole Miss offensive thing. linemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it was just it was so funny, and Kiffin admitted it afterward, but that. Penn State was shorthanded on defense. Again, not an excuse. Like, you gave up 38 points. And Ole Miss has looked really good as this whole season has gone on. And you just talked about what they picked up in the portal. Now, uh, they, they got Walter Nolan. They got Tyler Barron. They got Prince Louis Manmielen. These are D linemen that normally you a team get might get one, one type of that guy in the portal. These are three difference makers on the D line that they've added. And then, oh, by the way, Juice Wells, who might have been one of the best receivers in the SEC had he not been hurt most of the season at South Carolina. So Ole Miss, I think we're, we're going to be talking about Ole Miss as a preseason top five type team. Yeah, you also get Arkansas's best linebacker. Uh, you get Indiana's top safety, Illinois' top cornerback. I mean, they have a, a, a Mississippi State's Demary, Cameron and Robinson, their top cornerback. That they're going to be a factor. The fact that they have gotten so many good players to also return. Quinchon Judkins, the quarterback dart. You get Ivy back. That's another pass rusher. Yep. J.J. Pagulia is also coming back. Um, 
you know, it's I think the key the key next season, Andy, is honestly it it's can Lane get over the hump in terms of winning games right. he maybe isn't supposed to. Can you beat and Georgia? So, yeah. Yeah. Do you beat a can you beat an Alabama? Do you beat a Georgia? You know, we we've seen him beat Texas AM, we've seen him beat LSU. Uh, but for them to kind of get to take that next step as a program. And they, they certainly have taken the step, obviously. They won 11 games for the first time in yeah. school history this year. But to to do something they've never done before, which is I, A, either get to the SEC championship game or compete for it, and then, you know, making college football playoff, that's kind of the next challenge. So we got a, a question from Jeff. He says, do you see bowls being part of the playoff system after the initial contract runs out? Should be a 2026 season and beyond. I don't think the CFP needs them. So what is the future of bulls? I agree with Jeff on this. I actually think the event would be better if everything's on campus until the championship game. I think that the games would be better. The crowds would be better. Asking people to travel three times is stupid. I don't think you should do that, but the bulls are going to fight for their survival. They're going to fight for their place in the game. Uh, and I think they'll probably manage to in this contract keep themselves in it and then eventually it'll cycle out but you know i the i don't think they're meaningless like that bothers me when people say that bulls are meaningless it i don't think the bulls should control the sport but i i've loved some of these games jesse like i i really enjoyed the alamo bowl uh really enjoyed the the pop tarts bowl. let's talk about the pop tarts bowl while, while we're at it i mean this game was awesome. First of all, the, it was just, it was K-State, NC State. Now, NC State. Hello, missing. Avery it's, Johnson. It's best player, but we're so excited to see Avery Johnson play a five-star homegrown freshman, you know, quarterback, savior of the program kind of guy. And I, I really enjoyed the hell out of that game. Now, I thought the Pop-Tarts people did an amazing job. That's how you like if you're going to be a bowl game and you're going to use it to sell stuff, do it like that. That's the fun way to do it. They were that was awesome. You know, uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl embraced a similar sort of ethos. I mean, embrace. Well, the, yeah, the, I mean, the, everybody's copying. The, yeah, everybody's copying yeah, it, the Duke's it, Mayo Bowl now. Exactly. It embrace the, uh, you know, the, the fact that this is supposed to be silly. Yes, these games are exhibition games. But they can be silly. They can be fun. Um, I thought the Gator Bowl was probably the bowl game thus oh, far. It was great. It was so uh, much I mean, fun. That, that fourth quarter was was just like uh, you, you watch those. Uh, you, you, I'm sure your kids have seen them too. Those video, those like uh, Olympic ping pong videos where those yes. like, guys are just yeah. smashing it <laughs> back and forth. And there's, I mean, like that's what that was. That was just yeah. two teams going back and forth. Team basic Clemson, basically the last team. With the ball, I, I know it 17 yards. That was an awesome game. Dabo once again advising us to buy stock in Clemson, and and I'm not not here to criticize his investment advice, but when your defense is giving that much, that many points to this Kentucky offense, I'm a little concerned about your <laughs> buy rating. I don't know. Yeah. You may be a hold or a sell, but that was a great win for them. And you know, Phil Moffa has been great all season, so I love that one. The the Holiday Bowl was fun to watch because. It, it's interesting that the USC players who are left, like USC is easy to, has been easy to root against since Lincoln Riley got there, but you couldn't root against that group of players who'd been through a lot this season, who they were the ones that stuck around and played. And, and they're basically half the team. And 
they went out and beat Louisville and looked great doing it. Yeah, I mean, Miller Moss out there throwing. And it, you know what? That, that's one of those cases that, you know, now Taj Washington had a huge game. Yeah. Um, By the way, Taj here. Washington, who's going into the draft, novel right. concept. If you play great in a game on national TV, it might help your draft stock. It, the NFL scouts might like that. He and he played really well, and he he led the team in in receiving. He had like a hundred yards and two touchdowns. But the rest of those guys that Moss was throwing to were all these freshmen that he's been playing with on the scout team or on the you know uh, as the mm -hmm. backups. And you you get to showcase that rapport and that chemistry. And suddenly USC fans are like, hey, well, we got these five-star and four-star wide receiver freshmen. Didn't get to play a whole lot this year. We kind of like what we get. We kind of like what we're seeing. And, and I think you've seen that similarly in other bowl games. I'm with you. There's a lot of folks already out there opining, uh, you know, to, to either cancel the bowls or, or make them, you know, the first game of the, of the, 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 the season. I am not – I've never been an advocate of let's make it the, the, the week zero bowl game deal. I, I think a lot of coaches would not be in favor of that. Um, I don't think I don't, that's going to solve a lot. Coaches, of, I don't think the coaches still want these as an extra spring practice. The The problem is that all the, the transfer portal stuff is happening at the same time. All the coach movement is happening at the same time. And everybody's like, well, there's got to be a solution. There's no solution to the calendar because you'd have to change the idea of having semesters in college. Right. And guess what? The business of college is always going to be big, bigger than the business of college sports. So they're not going to change how they divide the college calendar for this. Yeah. Now, I do think they're going to, I, I think because it's going to be untenable, Andy, I think there will be changes to the calendar here in the near future because this time, not this time, but a week, two weeks ago when the portal was really on fire, uh, you know, that's when these teams would have been preparing for the first week of the of the 12-team college football right, playoff. Right, right. So I, I think that there's that eventually there will be some sort of adjustment, however slight or, or not. Yeah. Um, well, we, and we yeah, should. you may push it a few weeks or, or constrict the window where you can enter the portal, which would probably be fine for most of the coaches. Maybe put it after the early signing day. And that way you could at least get your arms around a little more. And if you're in the play, that's the other thing is if you're in the playoff, who who's portaling like the, this Georgia team is a good example. Like they, they would have been in, in the 12 team playoff Would all of those guys who have portaled for Georgia. And most of those are guys who were not going to play or start next. Or some of them were going to play, but we're not going to start next year. Like would they have portaled or would they have waited it out until after the season? Yeah, I I guess that's we'll find out. But we certainly have gotten an audition. I mean, the, the Avery Johnson uh, audition was fun. The uh, Jackson Arnold, little less, little less fun for Jackson Arnold. That that you know, he, yeah, he he looked like a true freshman thing. at times. But man, the thing is, though, there were some there were some throws and some plays where you go, I see what why they're so excited. So, you know, I I think that's one of those things where we're going to see that. And then Monday we got Nico starting for Tennessee against Iowa. I think everybody's pretty pumped to see that. I don't know that I would want to make my first start against Iowa's defense, but I'm pretty excited that, about it. Per, per, I have, I'll have an early prediction for that one, Andy. There's going to be some uh, rash takeaways from that, oh, no matter how. No if, 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 if he does well, Tennessee fans are going to, you know, think that uh, it, it, it is, you know, kind of that, that, that he is the Pied Piper 
Um, and if yeah. he struggles badly, they're going to be, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some overreactions there. Either way, it's, it's one game. It's the first game. And like you said, it's against Phil Parker uh, and, and and that defense. So I know Cooper DeGene isn't playing, but they still have a lot of really good guys on that side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. You know, we haven't mentioned the, the four-team playoff teams yet, really. And we're not going to in this episode. We've got a whole preview show for the semifinal games that'll come out tomorrow. So uh, I'll be talking a lot of Alabama, Michigan, a lot of Texas, Washington with Richard Johnson from Sports Illustrated. We've got uh, Alabama player interviews. We've got Michigan player interviews. But this other part of this, the, the other piece with the, the teams that are not in the playoff, that are in the, it's still exciting. It's still fun. And I, I just have thoroughly enjoyed this week. I love this week every year, Jesse, where you've got wall-to-wall football all day. I know... So, you know, a lot of people have to work, but a lot of people do sync up their vacations with their kids winter breaks. And so you get some afternoon football. And uh, that's that's the part that's fun to me is, is you get some of these days where you get banger after banger after like that Gator Bowl to to kick off Friday was a blast. Well, that, that game was awesome. And I did not. But like, here's another game. I mean, like, you know, this was one that that'll get buried because of the New Year's six games and the other stuff. But you know, Maryland, they oh, kind of killed their Auburn. season, just completely housing the Tigers. And then, you know, this is one of the things where, yeah, it's okay. What what is the win loss? What does it mean? But it's it's certainly interesting when you know after the game, Hugh Freeze is out here talking about him not having really anything to do with the game plan or offensive script because he's been so busy recruiting, and it's like. Signing day ended. Say that uh, you shouldn't say that. Signing day. Signing day ended well over a week ago. There, you know, that's a that that's kind of strange. And that there's another one. Auburn, you've signed all these five star receivers. Quarterback play continues to be a concern, and yet they have seemingly not really kicked the tires on on many options out of the portal. Well, I I felt like they gave the vote of confidence to Peyton Thorne as the 2024 guy, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that maybe they were waiting for this game to happen. And then they could say, see, we do need to go get somebody out of the portal. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. But I will say for Maryland, speaking of the portal, you just had a really fun way to end your season. You've also got MJ Morris coming. MJ yep. Morris pretty damn good. Yeah. And, and yeah, we'll see it. You know, their, their, their ex quarterback who did not play in this game, Talia is, is looking to find a waiver to, to, get, to allow him to play a, a sixth season in college football next season. So. <laughs> just, just set more records. A new, the it, new reality. It, it is, it's been strange. I, I feel like even though the rules were pretty much the same last year, this has been much more strange because I think everybody was just sort of getting used to it last year. It's settling in that this is the reality now, at least for this year. Next year, it all changes again. Uh, I, I Question. So we started the show talking about Florida State and Georgia. Next year, let's say this this situation had happened again. Florida State was left out, but they were the five seed, and they got the 12, and they play a Liberty-type team, and then they wound up playing a, a Georgia-type team. So uh, maybe it, was, it would be Alabama and in the second one. Who's playing for Florida State? Are we seeing everybody except Jordan Travis? I would think so. I would think so. Um, I mean, I don't know why not. I mean, because most of these guys, I, I think all the other guys are healthy. I know Keon Coleman's a little banged up, but, you right. know, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Verse, uh, you know, those guys would all be playing. You would have, 
um, you know, Brent Fisk would be playing, Farmer yeah. would be playing. So I, I would imagine that they would have the lion's share of their team. But that doesn't mean that that they it would not it would obviously not have been sixty three to three or anything close to like that. But the quarterback is the most important position for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they struggled mightily against the Louisville defense that got waxed by USC. You know, and we're not doing the transitive property thing here, but it's just it, it's just the re they. The committee, quote unquote, got it right in terms of what the four teams are for the competitiveness of what we're going to see on Monday. Um, but that doesn't mean at the same time that FSU didn't get hosed. And that doesn't mean at the same time, Andy, that maybe their response was less than thus because you have three weeks to prepare and, and your whole team yeah. shuts it down. And this is what happened. You, you lose 63 to three. Yeah. And, and Skyler in the chat, by the way, I think she's making fun of Miami saying that they lost to, to Rutgers. But let's praise the Scarlet Knights because they put it on Miami. That's another one that was – it was fun to watch a program that's been through a lot of crap get to have that moment in the sun. Yeah. but it, Well, it was – and that was one of those, you know, you talk about every a lot of folks are not working uh, on Twitter, hanging out. A lot a lot of folks are were having the, uh, you know, schadenfreude of – of enjoying another crystal ball in-game, you know, clock management disaster because it's the man. The man knows how to recruit five stars and, and screw up timeouts because it's 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 a yearly tradition. Well, we gotta we gotta ask the the most important question that this bowl season has posed to us, Jesse. Before we sign off, what is the best flavor of Pop Tart? Well, I, I know you, your your team blueberry, right? It's frosted blueberry, baby. It's it's the finest frosted, flavor there is. Frosted blueberry. I used. To, I was a big. Uh, I like frosted blueberry. I was a big frosted strawberry. And then I frosted do strawberry think we, is, is is a good change of pace. I do think people have completely slept on just though the frosted uh, brown cinnamon sugar. That's it my is, son's favorite. It, I actually had a couple of those classic. the other day. It's a classic. Yeah, it's. That, that one, you kind of have to be – I like the tartness of the blueberry or the strawberry or the cherry if you can get your hands on those. But the when you when you want it more as a snack or dessert, not as breakfast, I think you go to the brown sugar cinnamon. Did you did – you, uh, we're, we're, uh, at times this show is sponsored by FanDuel, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash staples. Yeah, get your bonus code. Not sure uh, about their uh, pop tart. Um, did you, did you see what they tweeted out as, as the best pop tart though? No. Oh. S'mores. Okay, we may have to have a talk with our friends at Fanduel. Th- that not, not one that I would have in my top five, but no. Listen, odd, we do appreciate their business, and we they, we do they, appreciate the ability to. Uh, to to get these lines on these games i i felt pretty good about i so you know how my picks usually go they're they're not great but three and oh so far in the new year six and cfp so well there I've got, you go i got liberty oregon and the and the two semis to go maybe they chose s'mores because they're big into the parlays you know they like to smash That's, the the chocolate with the marshmallow yeah, yeah a lot of things at once i i think you're right about that jesse well listen i'm still going to be toasting my frosted blueberry to each their own they're all wonderful and pop tarts is the best bowl sponsor in the history of bowl sponsors except for of course pool and weed eater and just imagine what would have been dumped on the coaches in those days well it's way better 
it, it's way better than all your crazy, uh, you know, armed forces where we're, oh, the where Bell we're helicopters. <laughs> yeah, where we're where we're where we're like uh, sponsoring the Blackhawks and, and and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can dump a bucket of helicopters on somebody, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Jesse, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we will see you again after the Sugar Bowl on Monday night. I can't wait. We will know who's playing a, for the national title. Should be, should be. Uh, I, think, I think we're going to have two bangers. I think we're going to have two bangers. I agree. Come back Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Rose Bowl time. We'll get you ready for both of those semifinals. Thank you so much for watching. 